Yeah. Oh, God. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Mairead. And I'm Harry. And this is A for Effort. The game show where one of us picks some words and the other one also picks a couple of words, maybe three, let's say, and then says them sequentially while the second person in that situation guesses them without prior knowledge of their meaning, and that's the game. I think that was a pretty clear explanation. So that's how it works, no question. Do you want to say the words first or guess first? <laughs> I'd like to say the words first. Okay. My category is all over the place. There is no real category because I only prepared two and then thought of a third quickly five minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> Why did you not look? For, <laughs> for some reason, I only prepared two. Maybe I did prepare a third and it's floating out in the ether. (laughs) Okay. Well, what's the category that connects the other two? Historical trade. Okay. And my first word is extraterritoriality. Okay. So first, in terms of historical trade, I think there are two ways that that can be interpreted, Mm -hmm. just in terms of the category. So you either have historical trade in that it's people trading goods and or services with each other historically yep or historical trade as in a trade like a job a trade oh, job yeah a blacksmith might be a st- no <laughs> that's not an item trade. no okay. very much the first one i can say <laughs> okay so extraterritoriality yep extra as opposed to intra so it's between different bodies as opposed to within the same body and then territoriality. I can also clarify that it's like a legal standing. I'm thinking of the word territory within mm. that. And so lands under the jurisdiction of some nation state sure. is their territory. And so extraterritoriality is it. And then I'm trying to mix it with the legal standing. Sure. So is it some certification of goods was that a no? <laughs> May have been. <laughs> it's not about goods. Okay. Is it a set of rules that apply to trading outside of a given territory? No. Okay. I don't know what it is. Okay. So it's a legal position whereby foreign nationals could only be tried under their laws and by their courts when in another country. And specifically, it's a position negotiated by the British with the Chinese after the Treaty of Nanjing and I think 1842, after the Opium War, where like an English merchant, let's say, in China, if he was caught doing something, could not be tried under Chinese law. He would have to be tried under English law by English courts. Okay, that's much more tangentially related to trade than I was expecting. But I think it's pretty related. Right. I mean, I think it's pretty related as with the example that you gave. I mean, relative to my focus on the trade itself. Yes. It's like more tangential than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Still related. Yes. But it's just, very, it came out of the trading relationship and was related yeah. to spe- specifically to people who were a part of that trading relationship. Yes. And it was a real concession 
by the Chinese because the British had just defeated them in the Opium Wars. Okay. So this is the beginning of the Chinese century of humiliation, where they signed a lot of unequal foreign treaties. Okay. So to summarize, extraterritoriality is the result of an agreement signed between China and the UK, whereby merchants in China, if they violate a Chinese law, mm-hmm. will not be prosecuted under Chinese law, but under British law? Yep. Okay. So, like, the punishment for smuggling opium in China would be being strangled in public. Okay. The punishment under English law was a little less stringent than that. (laughs) A little less stringent. Stranglingent. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, next, staple. Okay. And it's not, like, staple crop. (laughs) Okay. So, when I think of staple, I think of something that's fundamental, does it have anything to do with Britain and China again? No, but it is British. Uh, I see. Okay. Going off of the last term and it having something to do with the laws surrounding mm-hmm. trading, is it a, I don't know, a specific set of fundamental rights that apply to traders? It's a right that a town has. People trading in a certain town or corporations in a certain town are subject to the laws of that town? Not really. You're farther away, so I'll give it. (laughs) Okay. It's like a monopoly. So a certain town, it's from the medieval times. Okay. And like a certain town would have the the only right in England, let's say, to trade wool or textile cloth or something like that. Oh, interesting. Do you see how kind of staple? Yes. Like that becomes that town's staple. Yes, exactly. Their staple crop. Yes. To check my understanding. Please. A staple is... The exclusive rights of a town to mm-hmm. trade in some good. Yep. Cool. Exactly. Or a monopoly. Service. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on the topic of monopoly, mm-hmm. the game, Ooh. which is not what we were on the topic of, no. but on the topic of monopoly. The word monopoly. <laughs> on the topic of monopoly disambiguation. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Wikipedia joke. <laughs> I was playing a bunch of board games with my siblings over Christmas mm-hmm. and we frequently played Settlers of Catan and I frequently lost at Settlers of Catan and mm. then we wanted to play something different and so we decided on Monopoly and so I was getting water and they were setting up the game and while I was getting water I googled how to win at Monopoly Reddit and I will link it in the show notes mm-hmm. <laughs> it was extremely useful and I Dominated. I'm so interested to read this. Yeah. My mom has become obsessed with Monopoly, so whenever <laughs> we go, we play. So I'd love to read this and dominate at Monopoly. Yeah. So, third term. Right. <laughs> My third term is organic sharing. Okay. And it's about social media and Facebook specifically. Okay. So you can see how incredibly dissimilar it is <laughs> to historical trade. I can see that. Okay, my guess, organic sharing. Sharing, so you're propagating some content. <laughs> Yes. And then organic, meaning not forced, sort of mm-hmm. naturally occurring. So my guess for organic sharing in the context of social media is that it's content that a person wants to share because they value that content. Okay. As opposed to content where someone is like, please share this, or like I'm giving something away, so share this to enter. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to how I just shared yes. that Reddit thing. Sure organically that's my guess okay that's not right quite it (laughs) it's um sharing content that you've created as opposed to sharing like 
an article from another, like a publication or something. Okay. So it's your own content. You're usually personal, like a status or an album. Interesting. Because Facebook is tweaking their algorithm, you may have heard. And one of the things they want to give primacy to is people's personal and friends' content because no one makes any of that anymore because the feed is just like videos and things being like, if tag your friends whose name begins with F and they <laughs> killed Napoleon or whatever. <laughs> the pig from Animal Farm. Right. And Facebook doesn't want that because no, they're they, like, oh, it's too much of a cesspool of the same content. They want more meaningful interactions with content instead of surface level interactions. And that requires a personal connection to the content. And yes. it's more likely that's going to be with a friend saying something than with like a thousand articles or like just videos that play bullshit into your face. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen there are memes on Facebook mm -hmm. that are just videos of memes. Yeah, it's because that the algorithm gives primacy to videos. Oh, interesting. So, and it gives primacy to things where people tag their friends. So the best shitty, awful content <laughs> is like a meme that's just a picture but a video of a picture mm -hmm. being like, tag your friends, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's I like interesting. I suddenly saw so many of those yes. and I was like, oh, I know why this is happening. Uh, that's interesting. So to summarize, organic sharing is when people share content that they have a direct personal connection to. It's, it's just sharing your own content. Okay, so it's yeah. not even, it's not necessarily like you're sharing your friend's content, you're sharing your own content. Yeah. Okay, cool. But what Facebook wants is for people to interact more with content that they connect with in a personal way, which is different from organic sharing. But they want more organic sharing so that people can interact in a more meaningful way. I see. Yes. <laughs> All right. Great. That is the end of round one. My category is public discourse. Okay. So. <laughs> That's the category. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh, boy. All right. My first term is window of discourse. So, you know, window, as opposed to a door, you can <laughs> see through it and open it. Whereas a door, unless it's a glass door, like a French door situation, you can't see through it. Right. Window, there's a literal window, but then it's also used in such expressions as like window of time, which doesn't mean uh, a literal time. Oh, right. Yes. Too true. Too yeah. true. And there's also Windows XP, so. <laughs> yes, true. I didn't say that because I didn't want to give too much away, but there's also <laughs> Windows XP. So, and discourse is kind of public discussion or conversation about a certain topic. So window of discourse would be a specific era or period in a progression or movement of a certain discourse. Now like, I think I may have confused. <laughs> seems like maybe you've confused me. I said window of time to exemplify that window doesn't have to mean literal window. I wasn't saying think of it as a window of time. <laughs> I think the window is meant to be, it's like a spectrum when okay no I, that makes sense like the spectrum of various kinds of discussion on a certain topic or within a certain field yeah so i think that's close do you want me to yes please. okay the window of discourse is the range of ideas tolerated in public discourse oh that's interesting yeah. so okay i was watching this vox video on the effect of trump on the content of yes. policy discussions mm -hmm. or content of political discourse mm -hmm. in the United States, wherein he's kind of extreme <laughs> in some ways mm -hmm. <laughs> and also just like blatantly lies 
and is racist. <laughs> yes, and so because he espouses he's some like extreme expanded viewpoints, the window of discourse. He's kind of pushed the window of discourse towards the ridiculous. Yes, right. So now, people who would once have been sort of far right conservatives mm-hmm. are instead seen as moderate yeah. conservative voices because the window has sort of been pushed to mm-hmm. the right. You'd think like the Tea Party did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like they they pushed what was a conventional perspective. Mm-hmm. They stretched that window. Yeah. And you got a certain point where you have Bernie Sanders, who in no way by the rest of the world standards espouses extreme views, mm-hmm. but based on conventional like democratic or American politics at the time, definitely expanded that window of discourse. Yes. Would that be a the right way of using the word? Yes. Right? Yeah, I think okay. so. And it's also called the Overton window. Why? Its originator is Joseph Overton. Ah. He claimed that an idea's political viability depends mainly on whether it falls within the window. Interesting. All right. My next term mm-hmm. is argument to moderation. And Ooh, I will give you familiar. a hint mm-hmm. that it's a fallacy. That sounds really familiar. But like, I think it's going to be familiar in a way that hinders my figuring out what it means because mm. I, I like know it all. <laughs> but like I don't. <laughs> yeah. So argument to moderation, which is a fallacy. Mm-hmm. It's like pulling someone to the middle ground on an issue, making it seem more reasonable and therefore true, which isn't necessarily true. If I was like, here is my reasoning for why there's a thousand people who are coming here to kill us. And you'd be like, well, what? maybe it's like a hundred. <laughs> that seems more reasonable. That is not it. Okay. I don't know. It's the fallacy that truth must be found as a compromise between two opposite okay. poles. That makes sense. So... It's like if fruit types existed mm-hmm. on some kind of spectrum and you were of the opinion that apples were the best fruit ever. Yeah. And I thought that bananas were the, were the best fruit ever. Then therefore it's true that pineapples are the best fruit ever as yeah. a tropical fruit that also contains the word apple. Right. Or if I was like, I think this man's the best man ever for the job. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I think he's the worst man for the job. We'd be like, oh, well, the truth must be that he's in the middle. Yeah. Because it could be very much true that he's either the best or the worst. Right. Just because there are two opposing views on an issue doesn't mean that the middle is true. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And my final term mm. is the radical flank effect. Would that be a mainstream idea is normally espoused and then another, like a radical idea comes from one side and it would pull or extend or stretch perhaps the window of discourse or pull the, the, the espousers of that mainstream view towards that flank. Or maybe it pulls them the opposite way or maybe it doesn't pull them at all. Yeah, so I think that was a pretty good definition. Okay. It's the positive and or negative effects. So okay. just the effects yes. that radical activism has mm-hmm. on more moderate activism on yes. the same issue. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So if you have moderate activists picketing, but then there are more radical activists that yes. are Bombing. lighting cars on fire. Yeah. It's the effects that the cars on fire group has on the more moderate group. Whether to push them towards extreme or to push them to a more moderate or center point or even on the other side of the issue. Or how they're interpreted. So it's like the effect on outside perspective on an issue or on activists within that issue? Yeah. So, so some positive effects. You can really emphasize mm-hmm. their moderate like, status. It could throw them all in the same boat and make them all seem extreme. Exactly, and discredit the movement. Right. All right, cool. That is the end of round two. Okay, so in terms of scorekeeping, 
I'm doing them out of five. Okay. <laughs> so I'll do them out of seven, and then we'll just... <laughs> <laughs> so on extraterritoriality, mm-hmm. I've given you two out of five. On staple, I've given you four out of five. And on organic sharing, I've given you 4.5 out of five. I feel like the organic sharing is too generous. I think my interpretation was understandable. All right, I'll give you four out of five. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for talking. You successfully <laughs> argued yourself down. Okay, so on window of discourse, three out of five. On argument to moderation, give me maybe one. A if one. You want. Yeah, <laughs> I give you one out of five. And on radical flank effect, I give you five out of five. Oh wow! Thank I think you. You, yeah. you got it. I think I, I think I got that too. Yeah. So then that adds up to nine out of fifteen. For you, it adds up to ten out of fifteen. All right, that brings us to the end of this episode of A for Effort. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Chop Shop Instrumental by White Flowers, and our logo is by Eights. And you can follow us on Facebook at just search up A for Effort. Or if you'd like to get in contact with us in another way. We have email, which is... A for Effort cast at gmail.com. And if you are the proud owner of A for Effort at gmail.com, feel free to email us at A for Effort cast at gmail.com. And give it to and, us. And tell us your password. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Stitcher and SoundCloud. No. You can't find us. <laughs> and please subscribe and leave us a review. That would be great. <laughs> I've been Harry. I've been Maraid. Thanks so much. Bye. Very warm in here. Yes, it is. Is it warm in there as well? Yeah, I know it is. Especially this light bulb (laughs) blasting into my brain. (laughs) All right.